So everyone out there that has a newfound respect for teachers, please raise your hand. I see that hand. Virtual learning, increased screen time. If you have multiple kids like I do, there's overlapping schedules, packets to pick up, lessons to submit, or the dreaded, wait, no, 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 don't submit yet. Well, well, that's too late now. Or I can't see anything. I can't hear anything. This video isn't playing. My login isn't working. Or as we've experienced, uh, somebody's playing Fortnite again. I can't tell what the teacher's doing. This is a learning experience that has flipped education upside down and turned our homes into classrooms. Jesus, take the wheel. This is not easy at all. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today's episode... We hear from the other side of the desk. Mr. Dimitri Beekman has over two decades of experience in education. He's currently the Director of Equity and Educator Development for a school district with over 13,000 students. He's also the author of Teaching in the Wilderness. Mr. Beekman is a man with a servant's heart, an educator's mind, and a backbone of steel. In short, he is someone who lives out what he believes and somebody that you will want to follow after you hear this interview. If you're in education or you know an educator, you'll love his encouragement at the end of the conversation. So without any more introduction, let's jump into it. Here is my conversation with Mr. Dimitri Beekman. What has driven you over the past two decades as you've been in, in, in education? What has been the driving force behind your career progression? Uh, I think just seeing the need for a positive male role model, especially uh, in our school systems where you don't see too many males because education is is really a a female-dominated industry, and students and and, and males really need a positive role model, and I just wanted to be there to, to let the students know that they can become anything that they want to in life, no matter what the struggles are. The, the journey may be difficult and just being able to give that support when I was in, uh, in the classroom, seeing the growth from September until June, just how students developed, how they mature, how they have those aha moments. And, and what I really appreciate are those students that come back and visit and say, I understand now what you were, what you were talking about, why you were so hard on us, why you set so many expectations and always called our parents so and just building those relationships, those lifelong relationships with the students and parents uh, is, is very rewarding. And I know my purpose. Uh, I, I know I'm supposed to be a great help and assist to, to those that I come into contact with. So I'm just trying to fulfill my purpose. And, and I think working with, with children and, and adults who work with children, that that's my calling. And I, I've been driven by that for the last 24 years. If you wouldn't mind, you know, give us a few stats of the size of Waukesha School District that you currently work in and any other uh, stats that you might be helpful to kind of fill in the gaps of, uh, you know, the, the school district that you're actually serving right now. Yeah, so I'm in uh, the Waukesha School District and we serve close to 13,000 uh, students, uh, 1,100 uh, teaching staff. Um, we're very diverse student population, and we're growing. Uh, we're becoming more diverse day by day, um, and, and I think that's what makes our district 
really rich because of the diversity. And, and we as a district, we embrace diversity. So your current role is uh, director of equity and educator development. So if you've got 13,000 students, that, that, that covers a lot in all those schools. Um, I'd love to hear what, what are some of the challenges you've faced so far uh, in your role? And ultimately, you know, what, in your opinion, what are the goals uh, for your position? The number one goal is to, to close the opportunity gap, um, the achievement gap between our black and brown students compared to our um, white counterparts um, is, is stretching. It's getting wider. And with COVID and going from virtual to face-to-face to the hybrid model, just being able to engage our students um, and families, making sure that all of our students and families have access to a viable curriculum. And, and that's been a struggle, um, just trying to make sure that everyone has the, the capabilities to, to log into our system, to navigate our, our learning management system, and to be successful. That has been the biggest struggle since last March, since the, the pandemic has hit. Mm -hmm. But even before that, just making sure that all students have exactly what they need. You know, education is very personalized. It's very specific to, to different students. And we just want to make sure that we um, provide the best resources and services to our schools and our students. And, and FAIR is not always equal. Some of the resources may need to go to other schools that, that need that, where other schools are in affluent areas where, where finances aren't an issue. So um, just being fair across the board and, and having those crucial conversations with our, with our board members and our community members to make sure that everyone has equal access and access to, to what they need to, to reach their full potential. I'd like to make a slight shift. The title of the book that you wrote is Teaching in the Wilderness. And I'd love if you could talk to us about the title, uh, who this book is for, and, and, and what you were looking to accomplish with it. First of all, I never thought in a million years that I would author or publish a book. Um, I, I like to write, I like to read, but I never thought that it would come to fruition. Four years ago, I've been writing, reading, and, and, and sending messages to my colleagues, and I just transformed that into a book because listening to my colleagues, sometimes they say that, you know, teaching is like being in the wilderness where you're all alone. And the book was written to inspire, motivate, and rejuvenate the passion of education being the best version of themselves for students who need them the most. So mm -hmm. the, the goal was to let them know you're not alone in education. And there are biblical principles in here. I'm a man of faith. Um, mm -hmm. I, I let people know that out the gate that, you know, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. And everything that I have learned and acquired into my classroom, into my leadership as a school principal, and now in this role, it, it came from the Bible. And I just wanted to show teachers who are working with, you know, God's prized possession children, how they need to take care of themselves and have their hearts and their their minds in the right place before they can teach and lead others. It, it goes into different strategies on how to be an empathetic uh, leader, um, mm -hmm. get an understanding of your students where you can have that relationship and, and trust without trust and building those relationships, being able to deliver content and get through to, to students that way, it, it's not going to happen. So really building relationships with students and your peers 
that that was the, the purpose of this. I know um, George Kiros mentioned that education is a team sport, and, and I couldn't agree with him more. And I think reading this book, applying these principles, and knowing that you're not alone, that you have your professional learning communities, um, you have people that you can go to and not face the challenges of education alone, you'll be a much better educator and you will enjoy getting your joy back in education. That's good. So uh, I'm not all the way through the book yet, but I did have a chance to dive into it. And I'd love to hear you, uh, you know, kind of riff on, uh, it's page 96, uh, significance over success. And I, I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit. So this is one little snippet from the book of significance over success and adding uh, value to others versus just adding value to ourselves. So what does that look like um, in, in education and, and why is significance over success important in what you're trying to convey in your role now? Yeah, that, that quote came from, uh, from John Maxwell. He's my mentor. He just doesn't know it yet because I read all of his books <laughs> yeah. and I think he's a, he's a great leader. And, and he always mentions adding value to others. A lot of times as educators and, and leaders, we see things in people that they don't see in themselves. So it's, it's our responsibility to continue to cultivate and help them grow professionally and personally to be something better than what they expect. Um, I know when I was a principal at, uh, at Julian Thomas and teachers were, were comfortable in their roles, they've been there, but there needed to be a shift because when people become comfortable, the, the work ethic isn't what it could be. But I think when you challenge people and you build relationships and let them know that you really believe in them and what they're doing, they'll go further for you. They'll be like, wow, wow I never saw that in myself. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's so important as an educator, as, as, especially as teachers, because so many kids have so many gifts and talents and it's our jobs, it's our responsibilities to bring it out of those students. So it's really important to uplift others and, and ask what have you done to let someone know that you see them, that you value them, mm -hmm. just being able to add value and help. That, that's the goal. I'm glad we went there. Um, and you did mention something about being, uh, you know, principal uh, Julian Thomas. That's a that's a school locally here in southeastern Wisconsin that I actually that's where I met. Uh, that's where we met. I was yes. volunteering through uh, I think it was United Way and you made an impression back. Uh, that was several years ago. And that's actually what's carried through uh, to why I wanted to have you on the podcast now, because you set yourself apart. And, and I know you are extremely humble. So I'll just throw this little piece in here and then people can look it up if they want. But uh, when when Mr. Beekman left the school, uh, there were actually folks uh, with signs out front not wanting him to leave. <laughs> so uh, it, there's a lot more that goes into it uh, of, of how that came about. But I'm, I'm pointing to that value that you added, uh, Mr. Beekman, folks that are listening in. The man that, you, that you're listening to right now uh, has made an impact in the community that I live in, even though he's up in Milwaukee now. So uh, enough on that, but we'll move to the next question that I've got here is, uh, given that the the day to day method of educating has completely been flipped, you know, upside down, and you've you've uh, alluded to that, you've mentioned that with virtual learning, I'm interested to hear your your take on what what do you think is needed most, you know, right now to keep education moving forward. Currently, what what DPI is doing is they're honing back on what's really important 
in education, and they're really geared towards student engagement, the whole child, social, emotional learning for not only the adults, but also for, for the students. So mm-hmm. really just taking care of ourselves emotionally and, and coming together and not continuing with the statewide assessments that we saw last year. We really went back to the basics to find out what can we do to really engage our students, engage our families, while still focusing on some of the, the priority standards that are in the common core. Collaboration has been huge. Um, Everyone's um, comfort level and expertise level with teaching from a virtual setting is not where everyone would like it to be. So being able to connect with those different levels to give the professional development and training where teachers feel confident about delivering instruction from a virtual uh, setting has really been what we need to continue depending on how long we're going to be in this in this situation and just listening to our teachers and, and what the teachers have been missing. They just need time to really yeah. work together, collaborate and brainstorm ideas and how are we going to make sure that all students are connecting and engaged in virtual learning. In your estimation and in your opinion, what is the current mental state of teachers and how does your role fit into that aspect of the educator? Teachers right now, I think they are, they're tired. They want things to get back to normal uh, as much as possible with the face-to-face. And I think mm-hmm. their, their educational practices are really improving. So I'm excited to see how education will progress after this because of the transition and broadening uh, the teacher practices in teaching virtually, live streaming, or face-to-face. So I'm excited to see the progress and the steps that we're going to take to to really uh, accelerate learning when we're back face to face. I, I love speaking with you. Um, you 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 exude positivity in your social media presence uh, in this book. Uh, so a couple more questions here as we close it out, and then uh, I'm going to you know leave it to you to to close us out with some encouragement for educators. In your opinion, what what do you think the most important aspects of leading with excellence in education are? I think being fair and, and having equity at, at the heart, um, keeping the, the, the students at the center of every decision that we make and, and being resourceful, those are the things that are, are going to drive and continue to enhance and improve education, not being isolated, working collaboratively with colleagues from other states and, and other districts to to find out what's really working and, and sharing and, and just continuing to, to build the relationships with your, your, your stakeholders, the students, the parents, to, to find out where do we need to improve, where do we need to make a, a pivot to make things better. And we've been pivoting a lot this year um, with wanting to go face-to-face, then virtual, now back to face-to-face, and the, the uncertainty. But just sticking true to an equitable plan, the same vision uh, and, and mission that we have, and that's to, to help all students reach their full potential and, and by any means necessary. And, and for me, I'm trying to lead like Jesus. I'm, I'm trying to keep, keep God at the forefront and, and really you know, use the Bible as a directing guide to help make important decisions. And 
and being around other like-minded individuals with the same goals and aspirations, it, it can happen. It definitely can happen. And, and that is what took place when we revert back to Julian Thomas and Racine, but we were all aligned. We were all on one accord and we all had buy-in to the vision and mission and we weren't gonna let those students fail and, and we didn't. And we created a, a culture of excellence, high expectations and, and failure was not an option. You led that charge and uh, it had a, a ripple effect on the staff that was um, able to, to be working with you um, while you were there. I saw it from my own eyes, with my own eyes. Um, next question has to do with the book. Uh, I'm, I'm always intrigued to know what people are learning about themselves and specifically when, the, when I have a chance to speak with authors. Um, so what was the most surprising lesson that you learned about yourself in the writing of this book, uh, Teaching in the Wilderness? I learned that I have experienced a great deal in education that not only applies in my professional life, but also my, my personal life. And just realizing that the camera is always rolling, you know, people are always watching, they're always listening to, to what you say and what you do. And it, it was a constant reminder that wow, I, have, I have power, I, have, uh, I can make an impact on everyone that I'm connected to, it just showed me the, the growth and development from when I first started teaching to where I am now. Because when I first started, I'm like, oh, education, it's going to be great. I'm going to be able to get off in the summers for three months, do what I want to do, travel and party and have a good time. But once you really understand that teachers are made during the summer, leaders are made during the summer months, and you that's when you really take your practice to the next level. That's what I learned when I was writing this book because most of the time I would not do anything work-related over the summer. But mm -hmm. for the last, I would say 10 years, the summer months have been really useful in, in my time to really plan and prepare for the upcoming year. So it taught me how I've evolved over time and that how I can, can really finish a goal that I set out. It, it wasn't until the death of my, my oldest son, Bryce, that I had to finish it. I, I had to put it out and I dedicated the, the book to him because he, mm -hmm. was, uh, he was going to be an educator. I know because he had such a great personality with kids and with everybody. He was always positive and brought positive energy. And the, the book is, is a spinning image of what he would represent and what he represented while he was here on earth. So just being able to accomplish something that, that was set out for, for everybody. A, a good friend of mine said, you can't keep this information to yourself. You, you have to share with everybody because everyone needs to hear this. Because if you can mm -hmm. impact one person from that, it's going to be a domino effect and we will have more positive results in our school system and in our, in our community as a whole. I'm, I'm beyond, I'm, I'm speechless that I'm, as I'm looking at the book now and scrolling through 90, page 96 and, and mm -hmm. everything that you asked, I'm just super excited about how I'm going to be able to leave something here that can help educators and parents and coaches and how they deal with, with students and parents. Thank you for sharing all of that, uh, Mr. Beekman. I, I do want to give you an opportunity here um, to close us out, uh, if you would, and, and, and give some encouragement you know, for those educators out there who are tired um, and needing some hope, you know, what, what, what would you want them to hear? What would you want to leave them with? The, the kids need you. 
the, the parents need you. I, I think um, during this pandemic, there's a whole new appreciation for educators, for teachers, because our parents got a taste of what it's like to just have one or two of their own children trying to navigate and, and work. So absolutely, our teachers, you are so important. Principals, district administrators, you are so important in society, in, in our children's lives. I know it, it may seem like we're fighting an uphill battle constantly, but you are not alone in this. You, you can get your strength from um, small groups, from surrounding yourself with positive people, from having a, a relationship with God, because God is not going to leave you. And, and that's another reason why I wrote this book, because you're, you're never alone. God is always with you and your team is always with you. So continue to keep the students at the forefront. You were put in that classroom for a reason. You were put in that school for that reason. You were put in the in the in the classroom with that two or threes with those two or three students that are are, are giving you the most challenging problems, because now that's going to help you develop and be able to help other students and help other teachers or school leaders that have are going to face the same things. So you, you're built for this. Everybody can't teach. They may have the the desire to but it takes a lot of fortitude and determination and perseverance to stick with it. And I just want to leave that with, with everybody that mm. is connecting with students. Don't give up. You can do it. And you're not alone. You're not alone. That is a great place for us to, to end this conversation. Mr. Beekman, thank you not only for the time, but for living out the things that you have written that you're talking about in this conversation. Uh, you are a light and an encouragement, sir. Thank you so much for uh, serving the students in our local community and uh, you know being an encouragement to the broader educators outside of even uh, our local community here. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And go out and get the book. You, you, you will be happy. You'll be motivated. And, and you really want to take your educational and personal life to the next level. Thank you. Okay, so action item and takeaway. First of all, the takeaways. Educators are rays of light that help our kids grow. Virtual learning equals the clouds that are trying to keep the sun from shining through. Don't let it. We have to fight through this thing. Don't let the clouds keep the light from shining through. Action item. Thank a teacher, a principal, a school counselor, administrator, secretary, they need encouragement just like the rest of us. And someday, someday, the clouds will part, the trumpets will sound, and our kids will be hearing the sweet, sweet sound of feedback over the PA system as morning announcements take place someday. If you're looking for encouragement, fresh ideas, and someone to challenge you along the way, Keep an eye out for the Impact of Leadership community that we're going to be launching in a couple months. We're launching a place for folks like you to brainstorm, gain resources, and connect with like-minded leaders. I'll keep updates rolling. We're super excited to serve you all in this way. That'll be coming shortly. If you're new to the podcast, we have dozens of conversations that will aid in your growth as a leader. Two simple ways to get them. Go to ccbtechnology.com podcast, or if you're listening on your phone, click the purple subscribe icon 
and you'll have access to all the episodes, just like magic. I can't wait to be with you again soon, but until then, from all of us at CCB Technology, thanks for listening. <laughs>